1: Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and I'm pleased to announce I'm back to doing my podcast again by releasing my live shows I do on the new Locker Room app. So if you have an iPhone or iPad, download Locker Room, follow me at Bball Breakdown, and you can call into the show and discuss anything NBA you like. My show is every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time and every Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific. Hope to see you there. And in the meantime, enjoy the great conversation. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the Locker Room NBA B-Ball Breakdown Show. Uh, As always, I'm here on Sundays uh, at 9 a.m., bright and early on the West Coast. But a good time for all you people in the East and Midwest, I suppose. So welcome in here. All the usual suspects are joining us. Don't forget, you can always request to speak. Like, we see Steven already wants to come in here, so we'll do that in a second. But uh, again, I'm here every Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific, and then every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific. So, uh, welcome, any and all. I just posted this over on the YouTube side and uh, Twitter, so let's actually share this on Twitter and tell everybody what's going on. Um, But here, let's bring in Steven. Let's see what he wants to get on his chest right off the start. So, Steven, what's happening, my man?
2: Hey, Coach Nick, I I literally just ran home to get on this show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, great. Um, What's happening? Man, these Nets, so they beat the Lakers. What what do you make of it um, without AD and Schroeder? Like how – I mean – do you see it as, like, any, like, indication of what the matchup would be or just, like, really you didn't get anything out of it?
1: You know, it's, it was weird. I, I watched, um, you know, bits and pieces of it and um, uh, I, I don't know. It's hard to say, to base any of this without AD and Shruda. We have to make sure that we make it clear that he is, you know, while radically different than what Rondo did for them, equally as important. And um, without him, everything gets all, you know, mucked around. Here's the thing I like about the Lakers. What I'm seeing is Kuzma's development. He is trying to take on that AD role in, in the way he does it. And uh, it looks good on him. I kind of like him being extra aggressive out here. LeBron is not extra aggressive. He seems like, you know, the typical LeBron, I'm biding my time, saving my energy. So because of that, I will not get burned by saying, oh, this is it, look, LeBron, he's hes done, he's finished, he's toast, he's uh, hes washed. You can't say that, right? He always does this every year, especially in the, around this time of year, around the February, March, it gets kind of low energy. You ever notice that?
2: Yeah, he does, yeah. And then uh, he pretty much saves himself for the um, for the postseason, really.
1: Yeah. And he's just a disconnected. It's like a weird thing with him in the energy-wise where some games and some moments of games you kind of see him almost, I don't want to say it's like manic, but he's like, just like crazy out there, like you know, running around and smiling and having like all like way over the overboard on that end. And then other times he just is so disconnected, just kind of brings the ball up, trying to pass the ball, work it around. I mean, the last shot was interesting, didn't you think? And how that all played out?
2: Yeah, um, I can't remember how that went.
1: So, well, Spolstra, <laughs> someone's going to have to remind me if this is right or not, if this is correct. But my memory of Spolstra in the last couple of years, he has called some of the most ridiculously bad sideline out-of-bounds plays at the end of games. And this one was terrible because they were the 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 um. – let's see here. It was the Lakers were down by two.
2: No, is the Heat coach. You're talking about the Lakers uh, – what's his name? Um, Vogel? No, you're talking about the Heat-Lakers game or the Nets um... –
1: Nets Heat Lakers. Lakers. Oh, I'm talking about last night's game. Where, where oh, I'm okay, sorry, okay. did I totally miss you say Nets? I'm sorry. Sorry. Um well yeah. let's talk about that anyway, about the last night's game, because that's on my mind. Sorry, I, I full apologize. That was what I was so intently focused on. Uh, no, but okay. anyway, but the point being was Folstra calls this ridiculous uh sideline outbounds play, which basically there was no screen for Butler. Butler screen for somebody else, and then they kind of lob it into him. Yes, I have seen this before. Really, really risky because LeBron is guarding Butler and he of course gets the steal on a terrible, like like lob pass across the court and it goes. So then LeBron has the chance to kind of, you know, tie the game here and I, they did double him. So I, and he, he's consistently throughout his whole career made the right play, which would be throw it to the open guy, um, which was Caruso who just, you know, didn't get close on the shot. Um, but it's interesting because he has gotten criticized for, before for not being more aggressive, trying to get that last shot. So, um. What was so? How do we? How do I address what you were asking now, Stephen? Tell me uh, about you. Wanted to ask about the Nets.
2: Yeah. Uh, how bought, how bought in are you on like the Nets kind of uh, change in defense? They you know they say that
1: they uh, put a little
2: bit more emphasis on defense. Um, do you think that it is it has changed, or do you think it's just like a kind of ephemeral kind of thing that you know you don't you're not sure if it's going to last?
1: No, I, I I'm seeing something there. I'm seeing a little bit of something there. I believe I'm even. Uh, I did a couple of videos of them recently and and now I'm blanking, but I believe that there was even some scram switching where um, they had, you know, an obvious mismatch with a a small guarding a big and somebody a little bit bigger. Yeah. I think it was TLC was getting that guy out of there. So who would have that been? if some smaller guard they have. And you know, that's kind of high level basketball, high level defensive things that you don't see from terrible defensive clubs. Um, and then as far as, you know, without Kevin Durant in there, I mean, you know, Durant is a scorer, we all know that, but we have to recognize that he's also a great, uh, he is a great defender, and in the playoffs, he's a great defender, and he can play everywhere, he can play a five if he needs to, it'd be really tough down there, so that's the same, you know, it's an interesting dichotomy, you have like the, the Lakers and LeBron who cruise are all at this time of year, and you're trying to evaluate how good they are, and you can't, right, because you know they're going to be 100% better in the playoffs. And then I think that the same way is happening here with the Nets where um, I, I just know that they'll be better in the playoffs with defensively. And because they're so good offensively, they don't need to be amazing on defense. They just need to be average, right? Now, they're not even average yet, but they could get there for sure.
2: Right. I, I think I saw like a video a long time ago where you interviewed uh, Coach Kerr, and he talked about – like. Um off switching where like steph curry was like on uh, like switch with like a bigger man and he's not like that's not on the ball they would switch with him like um yeah yeah they would switch like, i think that maybe that's what the nets are doing
1: the bucks are renowned for their advanced analytics which is how i'm sure they decided to play on this side of the court i'm still decidedly old school about team defense And I worry that the Bucks have wasted a lot of valuable time pouring over spreadsheets that don't give them the info they desperately need. You might feel the same way running your business as you've outgrown QuickBooks and need more analysis than your outdated spreadsheets can provide. NetSuite can solve all your problems by eliminating wasteful spending on multiple systems and platforms, as it will give you all the visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place, instantaneously. It would be like an NBA team having me do a breakdown of each and every one of their games, finished immediately when the final buzzer sounded. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite by Oracle and let the world's number one cloud business system work for you. NetSuite can show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com slash coach Nick. So click on my special link in the description and schedule that tour so you can find more success in your business. Yeah, that, that's what they call a scram switch, where you know, and it takes it takes practice. You got to be on the same page. You got to have a lot of uh, communication because if you screw it up, and you're leaving somebody like wide open for an easy pass an easy shot. Um, but when you have, and really, what it requires is the weak side big or forward, whoever it is, just to be aware because generally, like if his man is far enough on the weak side, he could wander and it'd be like, hey, Steph, get, get out of there. And then you actually with the, with the Nets, I even believe you can hear him screaming on the on the. Uh, on the bench they were saying they weren't saying scram but they were saying like get out of there they were saying something like that where there was very vocal across the board not a lot of fans if any so you could really hear them um and that's the future of, of the nba you're gonna have to do that if you want to avoid incredibly large mismatches around the floor
2: yeah and uh, you know I, I can i can also see though of uh, lakers playing like really slow slow down pace if they play the uh, play the nets where LeBron or AD just pretty much backs up and plays post every single possession is is that possibility?
1: Wait, what is what a possibility?
2: Like AD and LeBron just playing slow ball, um, like slowly, like slow down the pace and just yeah. posting up every single possession and oh. just getting mismatches every time.
1: Yes, you'll see that for sure. In fact, I I was already looking this up for another team, which we'll get to in a minute about pace, because I'm kind of I think that the Lakers last year their pace was really fast uh, which i was really surprised about even though they they were still posting up but let me look at the pace or the, the the pace of the lakers right now yeah they're they're 24th in pace Uh, This year. So they're already doing what you're describing, right? They're just grinding it down. I mean, listen, they have moments when they have energy and they look really, really good. And I think that's all that Vogel is looking for right now. But then, you know, they're they're going through the slog and it looks like it um, a lot of the time. And, you know, they they were able to kind of keep this game close toward the end. But it was just it just there's something like, you know, there's an energy missing there. And I think they all know it because they're missing, um, you know, AD. Uh, of course. Oh, there is. Let me just, let's check the game flow real quick. If you don't ever go to popcornmachine.net, you should. It's a great way to look at the game flow, a linear progression of the game. So you can kind of see, you know, the 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 heat in the beginning of the fourth quarter ended up having a uh, they got that nine point lead on a, a, a big run to end the third, and um, and then you know the, the to the credit of the Lakers, they kind of slowly came back and were able to get into the end uh, almost took a, almost tied at the end. So anyway, yeah, so it's one of those weird things. Plus, with the season going on, I've actually texted a couple of guys in the NBA to find out if this is really true because you keep seeing, keep hearing players talking about how they're, like, they're not practicing at all. And I'm confused because the tr- travel is less. They're staying in, you know, if they go play the Bulls, if somebody plays the Bulls, they'll stay there and play two games in a row on some all of right. these trips. Mm-hmm. So they, they, you should have time to practice. And so I don't know if it's a COVID thing where they're simply not allowed to practice or whatever. But it's weird to me that there would there would be like significantly less practice or or none compared to any other year. So, but that's what you keep hearing, right?
2: Are they trying to conserve energy because of like the tight schedule, though? Do you think maybe that might be it?
1: I don't know. I mean, it's it, the practices shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> to where you're like, you know, you're wasting all your energy. You got to practice though. You got to get on the same page. Uh, so, I, I don't know. It's weird to me that they couldn't figure it out. Better get in there for an hour and a half, get some work done. You know, go over rotations, go over some stuff. So I, I, I'm amazed. But we got Nick over here in the uh, over in the chat as well who wants to talk. So, Nick, what's happening, my man? Oh, that, uh, oh, I caught him muted. Maybe he will unmute. Uh, remember, if, when you come on the stage, I'll bring you in here all together, everybody in here. We're going to have a, a, a cacophonous good time. But, uh, all right, Nick, when you get back, uh, you, you can come on in and, and keep chopping it up. But, uh, Stephen, anything else we want to talk about?
2: Yeah, we can talk about the bucks. I mean, man, Giannis is one of those players that I just love as a person, but and I, I want him to be so good at basketball. But you know, there's there's something there's something missing with this game, and I I can't really put my hand on it.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because they have the all-time number one offense right now. In fact, they're, I, think I just did the video yesterday. They're second to the Nets right now. They were number one, now they're number two, but by like a couple you know tenths of a point or something. But again, it's much higher than the all-time high from last year. So. You can't look at anything they're doing on the offensive end, as far as I'm concerned, and point to that as a culprit to what's happening this year. Which is, you know, they this is the worst record they've had percentage-wise in uh, in three years, I think, or three or four years, uh, which is you know a real concerning thing considering this is supposed to be like the year. Every year for them is going to be the year uh, that they break through. Um, but Giannis, you're right. I mean, the shooting stuff is a real problem. Now he adjusted his three uh, his free throw form. Somebody was telling me this on Twitter, and I'm to, I need to now go study it. Uh, he adjusted his form in February, and now he's shooting 75% from the free throw line, which is, like, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good, because if, if he can figure that out, then he's not so concerned, perhaps, in the fourth quarter about attacking and being the man and getting fouled and hitting foul shots, I think. It's very short-term. We need to see, like, you know, he's proven for a little while longer. But, um, again, when you don't shoot and you don't really score, and he doesn't really have moves, right? He is incredibly long, incredibly strong. He can handle the ball. He can take very long strides. Um, but he really has, you know, uh, a euro. He has a spin. Uh, but the, we're also seeing evidence of the defense adjusting to that now and luring the spin and then trapping him as he turns his back. Um, he ends up getting into a lot of awkward situations there. Now, of course, if you look at the stats, he's shooting 60%, from the at the, at the rim. <laughs> But we're talking about playoffs when there's like less call- foul calls being called and better defenders. Uh, that's the blueprint we're going to see. They're going to try and lure him to turn his back, which he does a lot more than most other stars I see, and uh, and then trap him and, and squeeze him there. Uh, that's going that could be a problem for them. But again, the the, the 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 video I did yesterday was all about their defense, and uh, I think that's that's the issue they got to be concerned with. I see.
2: How about uh, how is Giannis mid range? I, I can't remember. Do you think maybe mid-range will help him with his, like, arsenal so that he's not very one-dimensional?
1: Yeah, everything will help. And and the better he gets from farther away from the basket, the better. And I got to look a little again. I got to see if I can find the mid-range stuff here maybe while we're talking. The only problem is they don't, like, compare it to other players, but we can get a handle on it maybe just by looking at the numbers. But um, let me see. If I do the shot dashboard – so that will help because, you know, it's the turnarounds in the post that end up being like 15, 16 footers that he seems to be a little bit more comfortable with now. That's helpful. So he he almost needs to kind of go back in the half court to being a more traditional, like a center or a power forward from the 90s where they would post up in the lot, uh, pick and roll a lot, a roll man a lot. Uh, that said, he's really good in the pick and rolls a ball handler. They just don't run it for him that much. It's very, very strange why they wouldn't do that more for him. And, uh, Last I checked, the synergy numbers were really good for him in that category. So, you know, it's it's a strange thing. You got to wonder if the the coaching staffs looking at these numbers, you know, and 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 trying to adjust or not, or letting the team, letting the players just kind of, you know, dictate how they want to attack. Um, But I I have questions about that for sure. His pick and roll ball handler, he's ninety second percentile, which is amazing, right? It's top of the league. He's only does it eight percent of his possessions. Which is you know insane. Now, it is let me look at that as far as the Bucks go. Um, how what percentage of the of the pick and roll ball handler does he get for the Bucks? He is let me go there real quick. Um, he is one. Two, he's the fourth most used uh, pick and roll player, but the best of on the team by far because Chris Middleton gets the most. Drew Holiday, DJ Augustine, and then Giannis. You you would think that Giannis would be at least you know second. And then he would get a little bit more than the 12.5% of the total pick-and-roll ball hunters they run. So it's it's been that way since he's been there. I don't think they're going to change it, but it, it makes me scratch my head.
2: I, I can't imagine why they didn't pursue a CP3 in the offseason. I feel like if they got CP3 instead of Drew Holiday, they would be significantly better. Because I, I just think CP3 is just such a maestro like with the ball and conducting the offense. Can we compliment Giannis?
1: Yeah. Harden was the guy that I think that they, you know, if Harden was really available, which he was, Uh um, again, I don't know how they would have done that, but like, I guess Bledsoe at that time maybe was still with the Bucks, right? I'm now my blanking, but like, but no one wants Bledsoe anyway. They might have been able to figure that out. If I were the Bucks, I would have done anything possible to do that because quite honestly, in my mind, Giannis would be the ultimate number two. Not a number one like on offense in the half court in the playoff game, game seven, right? Mm-hmm. So that Harden is the guy that would have teamed up with Giannis and been like unbelievably amazing. Like that might have been the thing that solves everything. So, um, I'm thinking that like that was the thing that they blew. But listen, Drew is Drew was great, he's a really good defender, he's good offensively. Obviously, he's completely different than CP3. Um, and now he's, you know, he's got the, the he had, he got COVID. So that's going to be a problem. And by the way, the other thing you have to be careful about is when he comes back, you know, some of these players are complaining about they can't breathe as well and they have no energy and they're lethargic. So, and we don't know how long that would last. This could last the rest of the season for him. We don't know. And that could really be a problem and, and unfortunate because what are you going to do? But um, that might end up costing them a deep run in the playoffs.
2: Right. Sorry, China chimed in. Do you want to add onto this?
0: Uh, I, Harden and uh, Giannis don't like each other, so I don't know how that would fit, because they really don't like each other. They call each other out multiple times.
1: Is that right? I, I guess I don't pay attention to that stuff. Um,
0: yeah, remember oh, when, did like, Giannis, when Giannis said, uh, we're, we're, uh, we, target, uh, we targeted everyone that James Harden was guarding in the All-Star game, oh. and Harden said uh, Giannis is unscathed, so I don't know if they really like each other.
1: That's interesting. Oh, okay. A little, a little All Star game trash talk, uh, I guess, gets people upset. But uh, that's interesting. All right. I mean, listen, I would imagine they would have figured it out (laughs) if they had a chance, uh, and the Bucks would would make them figure it out. But you know, and there's other people that also could be a a great pairing uh, next to Giannis. But uh, Giannis is quickly becoming sort of that that LeBron guy, who um, LeBron guy from this first in Cleveland, who like the best player he ever had alongside him was Carlos Boozer right for seven years and you know who was the best player Giannis has played alongside is it Chris Middleton probably right
2: yeah I think he's yeah, the only he... other all-star that he played with
1: yeah you know and then meanwhile look who LeBron gets to play with now and look who Steph got to play alongside and look who I mean Harden yeah he played alongside CP3 um I mean who else on that team so what do so, you think about I mean?
2: Zach Levine what do you think about Zach Levine with uh, the Bucks? I think Uche is asking that.
1: I'm intrigued. Zach Levine's is a really intriguing character, right? Uh, Is he a guy on a kind of not a great team that's just filling it up? Um, Or is he just a supremely talented, extremely skilled uh, scorer that would come in on anybody's team and really help them win? Now, defensively, there have always been issues with him, but he kind of overwhelms that with what he does on the offensive end, right? I can remember like Pistol Pete way back in the day. He used to be, uh, you know, maligned for his defense – and he had a great quote at one point where he said, You know, people are always yelling at me about my defense. And I look at the box score, and I scored 45, and my guy I was guarding scores 15. You know? Oh, wow. And exactly like that, who who cares if you give up, you know, a couple extra points there if you're scoring so much, and that's what Levine does. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I think Levine could help uh, somebody uh, a good team for sure. The question, if they're already a good team, then that means Levine's going to end up playing like off the bench. And how has he handled that? Probably he might handle that okay, knowing that he's going to be on a winning team, which he hadn't really been on since he got in the league. So, uh, well, our our room is getting really uh, crowded here. We have people who want to talk. So. Uh, let's figure this out. Who wants to go first? Let's try this.
3: I was just going to say, do you think that the Bucks just hate the fact that they didn't go after CP3 this summer?
1: I don't know. I think they're still hating themselves from from letting Brogdon go. <laughs> so... Well, no,
3: I mean, in general, I think they shouldn't have let Brogdon go, period, right? Because he could have been perfect this year, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, Brogdon really would have been what they wanted and not Bledsoe, and that would have saved a year of heartache. Uh, i got to remind myself, what the, the CP3, um, what was the trade for uh, Chris Paul that got him to Phoenix?
4: Uh, uh, they traded, uh, the Suns traded Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, and a couple other players.
1: Wow. Okay, you know how long it takes to scroll down on Chris Paul's B-Ball ref page? <laughs> My God, he's been around forever. Yes, okay, so Abdel Nader, uh, the Phoenix Suns, uh, uh, Ty Jerome, Leck Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, and then – so, yeah, they – oh, gosh, could the Bucks have done something like that to get CP3? Um, yeah, so. well they I don't know.
4: Traded, well, they could have traded um, George Hill or someone like that. I think someone like George Hill because they had him on the team last year. Yeah. Like Matthews could have been. I'm not sure. Maybe one of those guys.
1: Yeah, but th- they don't have value. I mean, is George Hill playing right now? Is he – wait – I feel like he is, and I haven't even seen him. Uh, yeah, he's, on, oh, he's playing for OKC a little bit there, yeah. Um, I don't think that George Hill or Wes Matthews moved the needle. In fact, I remember people getting really upset at me for thinking that Matt Wes Matthews really wasn't going to play this year. And you know what, that was true. Only recently have they actually, you know, dusted him off and gave him some playing time. Um, But he's not going to be an integral part of that rotation. Once Schruder comes back. So, um, you know, so that's tough, man. I mean, that's the problem is the bucks didn't have a lot of assets at that point uh, to do anything major. It would have had to be like a, some sort of three team deal and picks. So um, I don't know. I, I, maybe somebody who's smarter than me in the salary cap stuff would have known, would have been able to just defend Milwaukee and say they really were, their hands were tied um but it doesn't seem like that right with Middleton and Giannis on the team it seems like you know those are the big money makers they should have some room um outside of that but i don't know
4: uh, Wait, yeah. uh, about brogdon wait who did
3: the bucks give like give away brogdon like, who did
1: they They didn't from? give anybody away
3: they just didn't sign him like
1: right he signed as a free agent right right he Indiana. signed as a
3: free agent for um Indiana
1: Right. And, I mean, at one point when they – I think they had signed – didn't they give him a contract to Bledsoe or they extended him or something? Yeah, and, and they, they decided out. to
3: pay Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez over him.
1: Yes. so th- And that was a conscious decision that they knew affected Brogdon without question at the time. Uh, and they didn't have to do that. And I was trying to warn everybody about Bledsoe. Do you, ever, do you all see what I'm talking about now?
3: I I think yeah. Bledsoe's good, but he's just not – Consistent. Get you over the hump good. Like –
1: Okay, I'll take that. I mean, he just drives me crazy decision making and and some of the turnovers he'll throw. And, you know, I'm always looking at in the context of the playoffs, which he doesn't
5: have a defining role. It's like he's a a undersized combo guard and it never really works out if you're not a a scorer. If they don't know you as a flat out shooter or a straight scorer, you're just an undersized combo guard. With, that can't kill you in a certain area that you can just count on him for. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't exactly play with an agenda that he – you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't I don't get it.
1: No, I hear you. And, and, and it's frustrating because um, it's just the style. Now, he's playing okay now. He's shooting, you know, almost a lead from three on over five a game. Um, and, and so that's the big thing for him because he's efficient that way. But, um, you know, there's just, there's just a, the way he plays and defense will get lost. It's the kind of things that my ears prick up. Cause I'm like, this is not going to work in the playoffs. And that has borne out every year, not to make him the complete scapegoat, but he's been so marginalized those last couple of years for the bucks. That was like, they couldn't play him barely. Um, and that was brutal for them because he was there, you know, they were relying on him as their number three. Maybe they're number two, number three, and he he couldn't come through. So um, we'll see what happens this year. I don't think the Pelicans are even in the playoffs at this moment, uh, as we're speaking. So I don't know if it matters. But uh, I, it's, I've been hearing from Pelican fans grumbling a little bit about him. Anybody been paying attention to the G League and seeing how
5: good some of these players are? Man, I, I think a few of these guys are going to be um, added to some uh, playoff rosters. And I think, you know, cause injuries and COVID is going to play a, a part in the, in the playoffs and all of that. I think guys like Kevin Porter Jr. down there, you know what I'm saying? And, um, it's a few guys like, um, uh, K- KJ Martin It's it's so much overwhelming talent there. And then you look at some guys that's not producing in the league and you like, wow, this really is a business business.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, and I love it. Love the shout outs. I got to get my eyes on some of that, too. I, I don't know if anybody else gets a chance to watch much, but uh, I have a feeling you're right. It's going to play a point of, of a role here because of COVID still uh, and protocols that people are going to be out. They're going to need, you know, roster spots to be filled. So it'll probably play a bigger role than ever. Um,
2: I heard, um, what is it, Boogie Cousins is being released. Which team do you think would be uh, uh, the best?
1: I was meditating on this this morning because all sorts of people are saying all sorts of things. Um, you know, can, can Boogie still compete, uh, and still be effective? I, I, you know, I've seen a little bit of him this year. I haven't watched, I have to be honest. I haven't watched a ton of, um, of, um, rockets games this year, but you know, in a, in a role. So right now he's playing like 20 minutes a game. He's scoring about 10 points, getting, uh, eight rebounds, uh, and you know, not even a block a game. Um, can he play 18 minutes and be, um, effective, yeah, I think he could. <laughs> I think he could. And that means he could be effective for whoever needs that big guy. Is it the Nets? It's going to be, uh, you know, the, the Warriors. I don't know. The Warriors already had him. Maybe they want to pass. But, um, yeah, I think he could help most of those teams. He's got experience. Uh, he seems to be, you know, not a locker room issue. So,
2: oh, just so say, yeah. I mean, I think I mean who are we Clarkson
1: thinking? And, uh, oh, wait, say that again? <laughs>
4: Oh, I think defensively he's going to not – I'm not sure about his defense because we've seen in the past he was not good defensive, especially in the picking world. He's not that good. So I'm not right. sure about that.
1: No, that's true. And you can picture them just bringing him out and, uh, and, and the, in the ball screens and uh, and roasting them. And, you know, we all remember Billy Donovan saying about uh, – I think it was Ennis Cantor. He's like, I can't play him. Uh, I think it was Ennis Kander. Maybe it was somebody yeah. else. Or maybe it was like Mellow. Either way, I forgot who it was. But either way, you'll see that probably as well. So, Well, listen, we have uh, best friend of the breakdown, Adam Stanko, from Rejecting the Screen, uh, wanting to join. The first-time caller, Adam, what's happening, my man? Uh Uh-oh, are you muted? We don't hear you. (laughs) It's number strike two. We got Nick uh, out there, but maybe he'll come back in. But now, Adam, I don't hear you. Uh, Is anybody here, Adam, that I'm screwing up here? Yeah, I'm here. No?
2: I'm here. Uh, no, just another thing. I think uh, Harden has a B as well. So. Oh,
1: was that Adam? Oh, well. Well, maybe he'll figure it out. Maybe he won't. We'll see. Maybe he'll switch to his phone or something. Um, who have we heard from yet? We have has Chandler. Have you spoken yet?
6: Yeah, I haven't spoken yet. I've just been waiting. Um, well, let's do it. Yeah, so I got um, two comments. So the first comment um, is on the, what the Bucks should have done. Um, with respect to Harden or Chris Paul. And I think that if you look at what Harden and Paul got traded for, it seems clear that there was a pretty big fight for Harden between the Sixers and the Nets. Um, But if you follow Ben Thompson's Twitter account at No Tech Ben, uh, it seems clear that the Bucks have made some significant problems over the past few years. Like the Brogdon trade, it – they, they let him go, but it was a signing trade with Indiana. But then they gave up the trade exception to try and get under the tax. Um, so that was all one right. Thing. And then, of course, there was the Bogdan Bogdanovich thing, which would have helped a ton this year. Uh, but there was the issue with, you know, tampering that, you know, that, you know, after the Lakers thing, I don't know how much you care or don't care, but.
1: Um, oh, yeah, that was right. You mean, And your argument being that, like, uh, with the Lakers thing being from a while back when they didn't let them trade for uh, – wait, which Lakers thing are you talking so about? I'm
6: saying about the Anthony Davis, about letting the Lakers get oh. Anthony Davis, but not – like, it seems clear that the owners have not um, emphasized winning and paying the tax to the degree they should when they have Giannis
1: when they're uh, right.
6: like $500 million public money to get a new stadium.
1: Oh, it, it, it's so right. This bad. is – it's totally hypocritical on a lot of different levels, right? There's all these different things. Uh, and by the way, I, I thought you were referencing when CP3 was traded to the Lakers bat, way back in the day, and then they canceled well, that, that trade. Right back, too.
6: And, I mean, there's, there, there's a lot, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's not consistent at all, and you got to start to wonder. I mean, listen, you can throw the the Donaghy stuff in there too, and and start to say like, what is going on here? I mean, heck, let's open this up. You know, colleges are letting people in who are not on the crew team and on the sports teams. You know, and how that you can't tell me it's only like ten of those people in the country, right? So it's like, (laughs) I think the curtains being pulled back on a lot of different things here, and I don't know if anybody really wants to see uh, how the sausage is made. It's, It's it's interesting.
6: Yeah, it's 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 tough because like on the one hand, like it seems not fair to the Bucks, but on the other hand, like I don't really, I feel for the Bucks players and owners and fan and fans, but like the owners haven't been willing to pay the tax, so it's it's like what what are you gonna do here?
1: Right. I, I agree. And and again, it's like every, you could you could second guess what the Bucks are doing mm-hmm. uh, and what they've done around Giannis. Um, yeah. But it's not you know, it's not that different from a lot of teams across the history of the league. I mean, Michael Jordan also struggled for six or seven years before they could finally get a good enough players around him. Uh, LeBron had to leave, you know, and then come back. Um, you know, it's not easy. Right. But with a guy like Giannis, you would think he'd be an attractor as well. Um but I, I don't know, and now that he's locked up, and now that that 's a <laughs> lot of money to him uh he's not going anywhere, so um you know, good for the bucks, small market be able to keep a superstar <laughs> like that but um a- at some point, I wonder if it's going to be a problem where he's going to want to get the heck out of there because he's given him eight, nine, ten years, and nothing's happened
6: well they' they 're kind of stuck now, and my my other question is that um so you know the record is not as good, but you know part of that might be that they're experimenting which is what everyone has asked them to do with respect to bud and like experimenting in the regular season but my question is are they doing that like or was lopez just washed like if they're experimenting and their record is not great like that's fine but are they just not as good
1: well here's the thing i went so i went through and obviously in the video if you haven't seen it go watch it after we're done um where i broke down it's the the And it's really, yeah, it's Lopez because for for all these years when they were number one in the league um, in defensive rating, like they just drop Lopez down, and that would work really well, and they would help off of you know the shooters, and they'd be giving up a ton of wide open three pointers, and it, they just yeah. wouldn't hit them. And that's when the analytics guys really want to argue that 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 shooting three pointers is completely arbitrary; it's all random. Nothing the defense does has any effect. And I don't, mm-hmm. I try not to believe in that. I I, I still believe yeah. that there are ways to mitigate open shots, at least at least to to, to to keep those lower than they would normally be. So then, the, so the, the question then is this, okay, is it just the bucks were dodging bullets for, for several years? And finally uh, it's come back to kill them. That's part of it, but it's also that uh, this year in particular, everybody is shooting better from three for the most part. There's no fans in the stands. There's no extra sort of pressure on the road by the fans screaming and yelling. Um, I would almost think that might be a little bit harder because the colors in the background would maybe help you focus on the rim, but it looks like it's the opposite. The black uh, you know, background is really helpful for them, it looks like. So uh, now we're starting to see in a vacuum that this kind of defense – this is like when you play – you know, when a hard rock band uh, goes unplugged. (laughs) Well, Mm -hmm. we're seeing this defense unplugged, and now it's like it doesn't really work. And it didn't work in the playoffs anyway. That was always the point. So any kind of uh, – we saw Giannis talking about um, adjustments, and I think they're talking about like they're trying to switch more – I don't know. I, I haven't seen too much of that. Although the one thing I did see was maybe some guys switching to try and cover for Lopez. Can Lopez but,
3: switch though? Like that's my thing.
1: Right. Well, it's, it's either him switch or they leave him to try and close out on a shooter from 15, 20 feet away. Um, He doesn't move like that. And even when he, when they tried to, he doesn't, he doesn't even seem like he's got enough effort anyway.
3: Yeah, Cause some of the Bucks, but bucks been given up like the most threes, the past Two ish, three seasons. Yeah, I feel like it's them in Miami always, in Toronto for some
6: reason. Yeah, but well, they haven't given as much corner threes, I don't think. And there's some argument that they gave up threes. You know, there may have been. Like I think Seth, oh, we... I think Seth's point agreed with you, where like it may have worked during the last two years, especially at home. You know, because I have higher energy for whatever reason. Like I think no I think the lack of fans is hurting Milwaukee this season. Um, um it didn't work in the playoffs, didn't work versus Miami or Toronto, and it was gonna have to change anyway. So
1: Right. I mean what, what what's hurt the bucks in the playoffs too is a lack of adjustments so you know coach Budenholzer really wants to develop a game plan that's like ironclad and then you don't know, rely on it and it works all the time. It's not how it works in the playoffs and then we've seen like when the other team has got a guy who is athletic and long that could handle uh Giannis even a little bit that really becomes a problem for them. And that's also because Giannis is limited offensively. I mean, it's hard to say a guy who scores 30 a game is limited, but he is. Um, and there's there's sure. a certain amount of, of skill deficits, like in the finishing package, and then certainly shooting from the outside. And uh, it bogs him down. It really, really does. Um, and that's that, that's the problem. That That's why I keep insisting, like, the, Giannis should be a number two. I know it's probably the hottest take of all time.
3: No,
2: it's not. I, I think it's
1: as a championship hot. team, he's a number it's two, a and he would be – Amazing is number two, right? Uh, he meets the harder. I
3: feel
5: like. It's
1: a little hot. A little hot? No, it's I don't think that's hot.
3: That's not hot. I've been saying that for two years, man. Like Giannis should be a play finisher, not a playmaker. It's the same thing with A D being next to Braun and A D has had the best time of his life. People get yeah. that
5: confused when you oh, say yeah. that because you know he is a number one in regular season basketball. He in and, and basketball, you know, everybody doesn't win a ring. You know? Charles Barkley is a number one. Like, you know what I mean? A lot of people that didn't win but in order to win a ring, they might have had to be a number two or three. With um Giannis's physique, yeah. um
2: and style of, or with Giannis's physique, who do you guys think would like he should model his game after?
3: Like from the past, like I think a skinnier, stronger Shaq, like, that is a thing for him. Like,
2: but is Giannis even good in the post?
3: Yeah, no, but he doesn't have to be a good, like, <laughs> if you get a good guard playmaker and you just run tons of pick and roll with Giannis, honestly, like, and shooters and spacing, what offense is going to guard that? I mean, defense in general. None?
1: Yeah. Like, uh uh, Giannis, as a to player, is, uh, is kind of average. Although the highlights are pretty amazing. He faces up and he'll blow by guys and just dunk all over them. But then you get to see him awkwardly twisting and kind of getting stuck and hoping for a foul and they don't call it and then it's not there and then he's throwing them up. So um, th- that's the thing I think that's different than a lot of the poly- more polished players back in the day in the 90s was they wouldn't get outside their box, right? They They would take the shots that they were really good at. And we see today a lot of these younger stars like Giannis or you know Tatum get stuck, and they end up having the most awkward you know uh, releases and finishes that miss. Now they make a lot of them, and they are good, but you know if you were, you wouldn't be able to edit a montage of like awkward, terrible misses at the rim for like Michael Jordan or Charles Barkley or any of the great stars from then. They didn't take those shots, you know what I mean? It's just like a different thing where now they're like, there's more freedom, I suppose, where they're just out there kind of freelancing a little bit more, and uh, it leads to some crazy stuff that me and me and some of the trainers are like, what is what is this? Like, who, who's training these guys? What are they doing? Because it's not working.
5: Yeah, I'm with that. Mm-hmm. Some of these players are overtrained. I think some of them are overtrained, and it, and back then it used to be more of a feel for the game. If you you know something that you either got or not, and a lot of these guys, like I even think, you know, like you mentioned Jason Tatum, he's a great player, but I mean he's been um, playing for so long and and um, being trained well and things like that. That sometimes he looks robotic, and his 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 cadence is very predictable and. You know, what I mean, but I think he could be better if he just had more natural feel to the game and he's really good. But like Jalen Brown is like his game is evolving off of feel and, and, and he's learning um gradually offensively, but he started out a defensive player.
1: Totally, and uh, by the way, I love the fact that you can give freedom and empower these players to be, you know, better than they ever would have imagined they could be. But at some point, <laughs> you gotta be like, man, this isn't this this left footed jump going to your left across the lane, trying to shoot off the basket off the uh, backward. like that ain't it? Like Stop yeah, shooting they, that their shot. they're training you know, like that shots kind of stuff.
5: that people make that that people made famous off of their unique feel for the game, mm-hmm. and then they're tr- they're trying to put that in their bag, as you should, right? But at some point, if it's not comfortable, that's not your thing. You know, sure. that's not your niche. You know
1: What, what I've noticed about, uh, about Giannis, and I, I had never seen Giannis train, but it looks to me to reverse engineer what we've seen from the results is that he works on his moves without much defense because... he he seems like he's surprised when defense is out there and he'll just barrel through guys as if they're not there. Like the visual recognition is low to be able to see and adjust and move and, and get out of the way or, you know, be able to finish without them being there. And then sometimes it makes me nervous because again, he, he clocks guys. Uh, someone's going to get hurt that way uh, without better training, you know, where you see some of the guys like Steph, like they'll have defenders and they pop out of different areas and they're really aggressively trying to play them that way so that they can adjust to that in real time when you're training. And then that will then seep into the gameplay. If you're only doing workouts without, and if, by the way, if you have a defender who's like, you know, half-heartedly, oh, I don't want to get him hurt. So I'm not really going to do it. That doesn't really help you either. So I would suspect that's what's happening with them because of the results, but I don't know. Um, it's a real interesting thing. Should we, let's go really quickly to some of the comments because I feel like I don't want to leave everybody out in the lurch there who doesn't want to come on uh, uh, voice-wise. Um, Doug McPherson wants to criticize LeBron for saying he was too passive last night uh, by only having four points in the second half after going uh, for 15 in the first. And we see that from LeBron a lot. And i don't, I got to really go deep into the numbers and the, and the possessions to see like if they were really loading up on him, because we said this in the past and this is really true uh, and it wouldn't have mattered last night because he would have been passing to AD who would have gotten 15 in the second half and they would have won. Right. Um, But he always wants to make the right pass. And if there ever is a motion, a notion of like too many defenders coming to him, he will pass it. And then as a result, Four points now here's the interesting question without ad he can't be that way right the argument would be he needs to continue to press spin around the double teams continue to attack those guys anyway uh and not just disengage and so again it's february and that's what we always see from from uh, lebron uh who watched russ last night anybody that was pretty impressive he was really had his mid-range game on and uh the washington uh, wizards surprised the the blazers Anyone see that game
0: uh, yeah, I, I did. Uh, Westbrook was really hitting the mid-range shots. Uh, I think the Wizards are starting to figure it out more. They have, they're have they on a winning streak right now, like a four or five game winning streak.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think some games Westbrook is good, some games he's not. But Bradley Bill is consistently good on offense. And uh, I think, I don't think they are make the playoffs, but maybe like sneak into the playing tournament.
1: Uh, interesting. Well, let's look at the games. They're on a four-game winning streak, and that's just they'll check who they beat. And they beat the Celtics kind of handily. They beat the Rockets handily. They beat the Nuggets by two, and then they beat the Blazers by seven. You know, uh, not handily, but they beat them. Uh, those are some good teams in there. Uh, that, that's yeah. something interesting. Uh, and the Blazers on the road. The other games were at home. Um, you know, I would argue yes. If you have Russ and Beal on your team in the regular season, you should win half your games. Uh and Ruby I really like. I uh you know, DeBurton's I gotta check Berton's shooting to see if he's getting better because he was well, we couldn't hit a shot. But um, you know, they have they certainly have enough talent in that team to be in the playoff hunt. Um maybe they're turning it around. Anybody else want to comment on that?
5: I think people criticize um Russ a whole lot, of course, understandably. But um what people don't <laughs> understand is man, when Russ is at his best, like if you just judge great players. By them at their greatest, you know that uh, them playing at, you know, all cylinders. You know what I'm saying? Like Russ mm-hmm. best is is better than most people's best. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like getting yeah, yeah. his worst might be, you know, the lowest. But when he's playing, I mean, consistency is one thing. But um, if he can catch a stride, I I'd rather have Russ still to this day, man. Wow, over I mean, a lot of people. I don't, I don't know. Russ Russ's shooting is. I don't know I don't trust No 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 that's what I'm saying listen All I'm saying is this What I'm saying is I understand you went Immediately to what you don't like You went immediately (laughs) to his worst Listen I get it Trust me you are wired to Think of Russ at his worst I get it Think of him at his best He might give you 50 13 and 16 Like he just might Uh, How
1: often well, let me throw this out there because I'm looking at the last four games of this winning streak, right? Because it's interesting. Here's Russ's numbers. Ready? Uh, 17 points a game, 41.1% field goal percentage, uh, zero from three on <laughs> two a game, um, 47% from the free throw line on over four a game, uh, but 11.5 rebounds, 12.8 assists, so we, and, and almost six, six turnovers. I, I don't know. It's interesting. How that, those are not great numbers, uh, and they're playing a lot better now. No, I want to throw this out there: all. Davis not Bertans in the last four games is shooting fifty-eight percent from three, and finally, his overall season numbers are pretty are getting you know back to where he should be. So, I, I might argue that that might be the biggest thing for him. Uh, for for the team is Bertans being able to finally find his stroke at almost eight a game and shooting almost sixty percent? Like that that is a thing that opens up a lot of things. Believe it or not.
3: Yeah, spacing is it, offense. Offense is spacing, for sure. Yep.
1: Yeah. So, what's of, he here? Yeah, go ahead.
4: He's kind of like the Seth Curry, where he needs to shoot a lot of threes to be uh, effective, but uh, in the game a little bit. But, yeah, I'm not sure if Bertans can shoot off the dribble a lot, but he can definitely catch and shoot, and he's been one of the one of the best three-point shooters in the league for the past couple of seasons. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah for sure. But,
3: that's fair too, but also my thing with shooting is just being that good. There's so much gravity to that itself. Just yeah. knowing that he's on and he's also shooting eight attempts, so you can't not pay attention to him on defense is also huge.
1: For sure, for sure. And and they and they were they're figuring out better how to find him and get him in the in rhythm uh, and make that work. Because I I know when I've coached and I've had shooters like that, it takes sometimes a little bit of chemistry building to to get the point guards and the other people to get used to hey find him screen for him. I mean, like Steph Curry, there's a standing order. If you're playing the Warriors and you're on in the corner of the wing, and Curry's under the basket, like kind of running towards you, you must go down and screen for him. (laughs) Like that's the standing order. And uh, what I like about things like that, these kind of rules you have, is it allows your offense to look like like, to play organically because you have very specific orders to like achieve when certain you know things align, the ball is there and he's there. Right? It makes it easier on people. And put by the sides, you know what's going to happen is you set the, the pin down. And your man and Curry's man go to Curry, and then you're open for the dunk. So you can kind of start to uh, encourage more people to do that. So there's no question that that also would have taken some time, with, especially with Russ, right. to figure that out. Because I, I have a feeling, you know, Russ, Russ has never had a shooter like this on, on his team, right?
3: I mean, he had Kevin,
4: uh, he had oh, Kevin oh, he
1: Durant. He had Kevin Durant. That's true. And you have to it,
4: remember the Wizards, their starting center is on Thomas Bryant.
1: Yeah, he's not bad. He's, uh, he's Is Thomas Bryant worse than, than Daniel Tice? Isn't
0: uh, he no. injured? Isn't he injured? Isn't Thomas?
1: He isn't. Um, yeah, he that's a good question. Didn't. Yeah, he got injured at the start of the year. Hey, I've seen him play this year, though, right? Might have came back. Wait, might I think I've him. seen him play when I when I watched him. Mean, let's see, really, you know. there's. A, if only we had a way of checking. He's played 10 games this year. Um, so I know I've seen some of those games. But I, let's see, if I go to the logs real quick uh, – yeah he hasn't played he played the first 10 games and he's been out so that's that's a good point as well i want to check out why or when he's going to come back because he's he's something he's solid for them Wasn't it ACL? Um, is it oh is it an acl and that's it for him i don't why do i i don't remember that uh-oh forgive me for not keeping track of every single nba player's injury updates damn <laughs> um i will i will try to do better but who's playing for him instead uh is it lopez yeah lopez yeah we're on uh, a Lop- run last night yeah, that's that's going to keep you uh, average.
4: And I heard that the Wizards beat the Nets twice when Kevin Durant and um, Kyrie played. And he can show that Russ is not, despite being like smaller than Durant, it shows that he can guard him down low. We've seen that a lot in the two games that um, the Wizards have played the Nets.
1: Right. That's a good point, too. Let's go. Let's go through some more uh, comments here and see how we can react to these as we're moving along in the show. Uh, let's see. Mutombo want, DPOI wants to say Levine proved again why he's an all-star with his mid-range closer last night. Yeah, the Bulls had another big win. Uh, okay, okay. I mean, listen. Every time that happens, I'm, I'm so uh, another bell rings. I'm sold. Um, let's see. Leo Cab wants to say, watch him, guys. He'll be at the same level of Michael Jordan. Oh, Giannis is going to be the same level of Michael or LeBron James soon. Uh, I mean, listen. The guy is. This is it, right? Giannis is now in his prime, and I don't think he's going to get better, right? I don't know. Is he going to get better? The thing is this. We're watching him, right?
5: this it, so scary. He got two MVPs, and he's still learning how to play every day. He's learning more and more and more and more and more how to play. He, he's not a guy that grew up playing basketball every day. True. You know what I mean? Some of these guys, like even Joel Embiid, is scary. He's an MVP candidate, but he was a soccer player. You know what I'm saying? He has not been playing basketball as long as LeBron James has even been in the league. Like, it's just it's just crazy how these guys are just still learning, 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 and, and the game has changed in front of them. And they had to, like Giannis when he learned how to play is like, okay, I didn't know I was going to have to shoot threes like these dudes. I thought
1: I was going, I thought I was getting big to be a beast. You know what I'm saying? But I, I can I blow your mind. You ready to blow your mind? So Giannis, right? He grew up playing soccer. It wasn't a basketball lifer at all. He comes into the league with a nice-looking jump shot, and when these basketball coaches descend upon him, they absolutely screw up his jump shot. Like, how is that this possible? Looked, he, he had a good one, you know, so on smooth. his own.
5: It was so smooth when he was skinny. What happened?
1: It was so smooth. Do
5: you think it was, like, how big he got over,
1: like, that I had a little bit years? to do with it. I, I You I know, know we've always talked about, like – if your shoulders get like too big, like a Blake Griffin, um, then you're limited and it's harder to get the arm swing up. Blake figured it out, by the way, for the most part, at least when they, you know, kind of, but um, I don't think that Giannis has gotten that big. He, he never got like the, the the Dwight Howard shoulders, right? Like that's when I would be thinking, Oh, that's too much. I think that he's a pleaser. He works as hard as he possibly can to do everything he wants the coaches to do. And the coaches kept trying to like eliminate and and restrict motion and, and you know it was like, "Well, how about this, and how about this and then it ca- it just cascaded into this this catapult thing where he can't find a rhythm and then you know, listen, I could help him <laughs> there's a lot of coaches out there that know what they're talking about that could help him yeah he lost um, his
5: natural feel for his jumper
1: it was um right
5: it it's, it was the it was the uh the the lack of 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 information that he had that was that was making his jumper better
1: <laughs> yeah well here's what I've always said. I said, if you take a 10 year old and you lock him in a gym by himself for uh, two months and tell him to teach himself how to shoot, he will have a lot better jump shot than if you did the same thing with a coach who was teaching all the wrong things. When I say wrong things, it's all the things that were taught dogmatically for decades and decades. And it's almost, and I had this idea the other day, it's almost like the best players become the best players, the farther away they get from all of that instruction. Now, when I was growing up, we didn't have anybody who talked about the turn, right, or dipping the ball. Like Everyone's like, no, you can't dip it. You can't have your ten toes to the rim. And when you'd watch the grid players, they didn't do that. So what I'm now extrapolating from that is is that they all subconsciously or not said, I'm not going to listen to that because it doesn't work. you know, And I'm gonna work extra hard to either to prove it or to overcome all of this stupid stuff that they're teaching me. And that's what I, I think we, we held back so many players from being better because of that. But yeah. here we are, here we are now with a whole new uh, uh, generation and uh, generation of kids who are finally open to learning the proper ways to do these things. So 10 years from now, man, th- this league is going to be wild. I'm talking, you know, the, I, I would think the pace is going to be even faster. The threes are going to be even more furious. Um, the ball handling is going to be even off the chain from everybody. It's going to be a crazy, crazy game.
2: But do, uh, my question is, do you think uh, Giannis is number two because of just his natural, like, uh, physique or just because of his style of play? And is there anything that he can do to become a number
1: two? I think he has to shoot better. I think... Uh, you know, the number one guy in my mind is a guy you call a play for to win the game, right? And think about that. They're going to follow him, although apparently, he, if he fixes free throws, maybe they, that's what, they won't do that. But um, uh, he tried it the other night, right? And he tried to pull up for an 18, 19 footer. That didn't right. go well. Now, again, that was just well, one shot. It's a small sample size, but it was kind of shocking that he at least tried it. So I'm kind of happy for him on that end. But, um, you know, those are the moments where you kind of realize, like, how can you be an MVP? If you're not the guy that's going to win the game for your team.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I think number one, in terms of the franchise player, the most popular guy in, in, in the town and all that. Yeah. But the guy that you run everything through and, and, and the guy that you want taking that shot and not really
1: right Not no. not to
5: win a championship, but to win MVPs and, the, and to build a strong legacy and, you know, a great
1: career, you know, had, yeah and and regular season, you know all those things you know listen he he is great, he is one of the greatest players we have today in the game. um he's just not as great when it comes down to the playoffs um and that's that's you know again, it's no knock on him and uh, his work ethic. I want to knock on whoever was you know ruined his jump shot, really, because again, even if he was shooting thirty seven percent a little bit on average from three on you know four attempts, then he'd be unstoppable. he'd be absolutely unstoppable. But they're, they're, it's all the sort of culture that's going on in Milwaukee. There's not a lot of adjustments there. You know, they don't get them on the on the, on the high post enough, where they could do some damage. I think there as well. Um, you know, it's it's weird. It's weird to me that there's not enough more creativity. Uh, now, if you saw in the video I did, Giannis mentions how they are changing up the defense a little bit with switching, and you. But you hear it in his voice, and there's a he says the word now. Like it's nice that we're we're switching. We're doing things now as if for all these years they wouldn't do it and they haven't been doing it and everyone's been complaining about it, perhaps. Um, but I have a feeling that this is going to be it for Budenholzer. Um, he pro- I mean, he, may- he makes it through the season, I think, unless it really goes wrong. And um, But I-, I don't think um, unless he gets to the NBA Finals, I don't think he's going to stay.
6: I think you guys are Uh-oh, what's that? I agree.
1: That uh, okay. Oh, get- <laughs> uh, we're losing you. I
2: feel like the Bucks' formula to win is just—it's not going to help them in the playoffs because every time they need a but, shot, they give it to Chris Middleton. Like but, Giannis never has the ball in his hands, and
4: he's your is best twenty-six right. years
6: old. He's a two-time MVP, and I think the alternate universe where the Bucks win two years ago, um, where they. <laughs> They won the first two games versus Toronto, yeah. and had a two OT game in Game Three. If they win that series, the Bucks probably beat the Warriors in the finals, and he's a champion. Yeah, like they were they were Coach Bud being one, you know, change away, and Nick Nurse being not quite as smart from already having a championship
1: no point will be made better than that one who made that point i can't tell who's talking about my darn chandler. ipad who said that chandler. chandler chandler you win we give you the game ball for the show today <laughs> for making the best point of all of the for sure by the way does everyone else's uh app light up a little green circle when someone's talking yeah all right, I, I, I get the one iPad that doesn't show me, so I have to guess who's speaking now at any one time, but that's okay. Uh, who hasn't spoken yet? I feel like there's enough people in here who haven't gotten a chance. So let's let's hear from someone who hasn't talked yet.
6: Um, quick comment on uh, you talking about Coach Bud's fate. I'm not sure they're going to be able to let him go, like if it's, say, the Nets he loses to in the conference
1: finals or something like that. I, I don't uh, feel like it's very fair. That's, that's another great point. Not. Uh, That's true. It's true. I I think, you know, if they lose to the Nets, but they go like six, seven games, then okay. If it's five games, you know, then that's a problem. If it's five games and the record, they were like fourth in the conference, you know, then then I don't know if it matters at that point. But that's a good point, too. But they'd have to be competitive. They'd have to get to six games against the Nets in my mind. The Warriors
6: and the Warriors and Raptors fired great coaches to get better coaches and it led to championships i like bud but they can do better
3: <laughs> can they do better though i feel like last I mean, he's out do there worse,
6: though too, but they can do better
3: but still like, like this is a thing with the bucks right if they get rid of if they get rid of him they get rid of a guy who had the number 1 offense number 1 defense still racked up 60 something wins like You could get a lot worse. You have to make sure that next hire, whoever you get, is just 100% right. Because the same thing could have happened to Golden State. And they got Steve Kerr, and look what happened to them. And they were already pretty much on an upwards trajectory. Like You just have to make sure you get that next hire right.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, and I would so argue that, that right. Mark Jackson simply was not going to get them any farther than they were, which I, I think is not a hot take either. Um And, you know, the, the alchemy that's involved in having to get all these things to align perfectly is crazy. Right. And that, and that's a great, I mean, again, the, how many times the ball hit the rim on Ka- uh, Kawhi shot five, like five, <laughs> like, you know, I, I, you know what? I, I actually now have a lot more sympathy. I forgot for the Bucks because of that. Because again, you're right. They, they probably win. Although again, maybe you know, KD okay. doesn't go down like that um, against the Bucks for whatever reason. Uh, and then who knows? But at the very least, they make it to the finals, which is a big hurdling point for these guys. Um, and the Bucks have not gotten close. Uh, wait, they got in the conference finals once, I think, right? In in Giannis's run. Oh, that was it. That was the conference finals, right? Was the Raptors Bucks Conference Finals? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, So, um, yeah, man, it's rough. I that was the Seventy Sixers. Um, you know, and it's like you know all those teams. I bet you Barkley's got a couple of those uh, instances as well. Where, oh yeah, I think uh, what it was John Stockton hits the three, um, that puts him in the in the finals, right? Am I? You know what? My mind doesn't work anymore. No, nah, the Sixers.
5: Uh, when when um when Kawhi hit that shot, it was one of the Sixers when it bounced, uh, like
1: mad times. Yeah. Oh, no. So that was the semifinals, right? Conference semifinals? Second round? That
3: was the semifinals, yeah.
1: Okay, right. So it was. But they, they made it to the conference finals maybe the year before, right? Or something. I, I remember looking yeah. at No, note. they, the, um, they made the
6: finals the year
1: that year. What? Which year? Two years um, ago.
6: With the here, Raptors. Uh, okay. The Raptors beat the Sixers in the semifinals. And then beat the beat the Bucks in the conference finals.
1: Oh wait a minute. Okay, so the Sixers is who who are the ones who lost? And on I that, beat them on in that shot in Kawhi. Oh but my yeah, gosh! The
6: Raptors almost lost to the Sixers.
1: Right? Yes. The
2: Semis- yeah, that's where they got the NB crime.
1: So I don't I, uh, yeah. Yeah. conference finals was in eighteen nineteen, and they lost. Um, of course, I can't click on that. Why can't I click on that? Oh, I can click over here. Um, here we go. They lost to the Raptors in yeah in six games um right so, so th- remind me this is how it went the uh the raptors beat the sixers in that ridiculous shot in 7 games and then they beat the bucks in 6 yeah okay yeah, yeah. yeah. Off the first two off the first two on the okay network. so again forget forget me feeling bad for bud that wasn't them so anyway um uh yeah you know listen we- at some point you realize that there's certain coaches that don't adjust well enough. They don't seem to have that ability or they don't have the right kind of uh, ins- inspirational technique uh, or meter. Now it could just very well to be the players and the coach together like Steve Kerr and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Like th- you couldn't have figured a better connection there between, you know, coaches, whatever you-, you look at like, could, could Jim Boylan have been better? Like with the heat, like, maybe, right? Because maybe the Heat would no, respond the, to that.
5: It was a culture thing. You got to have culture. And Mark Jackson set the set the tone and build the culture, you know what I mean, with Steph Curry and empowered them, like, look, y'all the best shooters ever, right? So when Steve Kerr came in, what, 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 what messed so good is he was one of the best shooters ever as far as, you know, his career and percentage and everything. And they just really, they relationship just, you know, really gelled together. But I got a little... um. Inside like talking to um, uh, actually Draymond Green's mother, and she was like, Clay and Steph was very hurt, you know what I'm saying about the decision when when Mark Jackson left, and Clay was like talking about like quitting and all type of shit. Like he was really like stressed like wow. for a while, but um, it was crazy. I mean, she Mark, Mark Jackson.
1: It. We're talking about culture and Mark Jackson. I, I, you know, we we've discovered since uh, some really really troubling things right um that just wouldn't have meshed well a in san francisco and then b anywhere you know there's a lot of i mean it was crazy what was going on around there i mean assistant coaches you know surreptitiously, surreptitiously you know recording him oh no um, yeah the
5: reasons he left he had to go
1: yeah but
5: but but um it's still yeah. you know it still was like a um everything was great everything worked out great and uh all i'm, I'm saying is to say Everybody don't have that same luck where you can switch coaches and is a match made in heaven from a good to a great, great situation.
1: Like yeah, you know what I mean? and so you know what's interesting is in the, in this modern NBA, you have uh, Tyle Lue takes over in the middle of the year and wins a title. I mean, like in a crazy way. Steve Kerr takes over uh, in his first year and wins a title the first year, right? They won the first year, yeah, I think so. Um, yep. And <laughs> so uh, I feel like uh, Nick Nurse, same thing, right? No. This first yep. year Cavs,
6: Cavs too. Yeah, uh, no, Nick, he, Nick, Nick
1: Nurse won. The first yeah, year. Nick Nurse from the first yeah. year too. and so it's almost like you know that that didn't that never happened before, right? It took it took years to develop all these things and the coaches and all those things. It, it's interesting, uh, especially because like really they were all phenomenal. first year, first time head coaches as well. Wait, Tyloo. Had not been the head coach. That was his first shot, right? Yeah, right, right. Uh, so yeah. again, this is yeah. crazy. Uh, now you can throw the whole thing in the mix, where like how much credit do the to the, the, the coaches deserve anyway? Right, and you know the, the 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 Phil Jackson criticism and the Popovich criticism uh, as well. Where you know shit, how, how how hard how good of a coach you need to be when you have Michael and Scotty uh, or Shaq and Kobe? I think I think the
5: thing the thing that they all have in common is you have to have a coach that can come in. And get twelve guys to play for two guys, or play for one guy. You mm-hmm. understand? So when you get twelve guys to buy into a system, you know, um, even let's go to uh, well, no, I don't want. I don't to go Westbrook, but but okay, worst case scenario. Okay, I'm gonna go Westbrook MVP year. Even like like you see how okay he's stealing rebounds from everybody. Okay, boom. They bought they into did. the they bought into the idea of you know what. Box out, do your job, and then run the floor. You will get rewarded. Let him get the rebound and start the break. It's our only chance we have. And if you buy into a system based around one guy or two guys, you can do that. And, and certain coaches can do that. Certain coaches can coach 12. Certain coaches can
1: coach guys to play for these guys that they don't even want to talk to. You know I, what I mean? got one for you. I think that the key to success and win a title is to get two guys to play for the twelve. And what I mean by that is like for Phil Jackson, for instance, the triangle offense allowed Michael Jordan to play and, and, and help everybody else elevate their games. Uh, and, and we yeah, s-
3: that's the same yeah. thing with Steph, right? And his gravity, yes. it's like Steph, as good as you are, your gravity can make Festus Azili Azealy- get seven points just off of setting you. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So I, I think that might be, I mean, they're both right. What, it's, it's too, you have to kind of have everything working for you, but that one I think is an interesting situation where uh, we have players who want to play for themselves and, and and do it that way. And it's awesome when you can get the other, all the teammates to buy into that. It's amazing. But I think it also has to go the other way as well. So, and then, so then I would throw out like with, with Russ, like all the games where he took 23 shots and KD got 15 <laughs> you know, and in the playoffs, like whatever those were that drove me nuts uh, that that kind of, that's part of it there. But, we, you know, we've even seen it with like in the Miami Heat teams with um, with with LeBron, where, you know, a lot of times their role players would just kind of fade and disappear because uh, they weren't getting the kind of touches and kind of rhythm uh, establishing movement in the offense like they would, that would help them perform. And we've heard, you know, I interviewed Steve Kerr a few times, and one of the times we talked about why he doesn't, you know, run as many pick and rolls as most, most teams. And he was like, because a lot of, if you run a lot of pick and rolls, you have three guys that just kind of stand around and don't touch the ball for a lot of the time. And that kind of just deflates all the energy. They might not go run back hard on defense the next time. Uh, just by letting them touch the ball and feel it a little bit, it gets them more engaged uh, it's certainly worked out for them pretty well so far. Uh, we, I mean, we all might remember Serge Ibaka complaining about his role in the offense in OKC because that's exactly what he did. He'd run the corner and stand there, and every fifth possession, he might be able to touch the ball and shoot it. And that's got to be annoying.
3: Yeah. yeah, and that's also kind of Steve Kerr's genius, and I know some Warriors fans, especially this year, hate the fact that Steph is giving up touches for Juan Toscano Anderson or whoever it might be. But way back in their prime, though, for sure. Especially because they had so many playmakers in general. It was Sean Livingston, David West, Iggy. Yeah. All of those guys. If you were running high pick and roll, like, it's not playing to their strengths because they're not stand-up catch-and-shoot shooters like Houston was built to. Right. The funny
1: thing about those teams was they really didn't have many shooters. They had Steph. They had Clay and then they had KD
3: but they had a ton of high IQ players when, oh, sure. when, 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 when you have when you have Draymond you know how to help there,
5: get them the ball Draymond sometimes I saw a play where it's like he turned Steph into two guys he can turn Steph into two guys meaning he can set the screen Steph can pass it to him and he can give it right back like like for instance you seen when, when when LeBron passed to Caruso to for the game winner in a split second Caruso literally had a chance to just pass it right back that's what Draymond did to Steph one game, um the other day. It was it was ridiculous. People don't even play like that. Nobody thinks a give and go Draymond like that. Did. And oh, it's Draymond's IQ
3: rid- was. I think I know what you're talking about. St- Draymond's ability to turn high screen and rolls, and him getting trapped, but then he'll flip it right back for a DHL. Crazy, like man. right after he sets off that screen, not a lot of guys are built like that.
1: For sure, I, you know, I'm seeing in the uh in the comments here as we wrap this up pretty soon. B Souls is a great YouTuber. Who is B Souls? I don't know this person. What YouTube channel does he have? Anybody?
2: Uh, his name is B Souls on YouTube. He's does he make NBA stuff? Talk about, talk about, yeah, basketball.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. I got, I'm gonna I'm gonna type that in right now before I forget because I want I I gotta keep my tabs on what who's out there. Right. By the way, did you hear about Coach Daniel?
5: Yeah, yeah, we all know who Coach Daniel is. Yeah, yeah. The, the Mavericks yeah. hired him.
1: Oh, wow. oh. Go, go to his uh, YouTube channel, and there's a video from yesterday where he announces it. Um, but they hired him as like a scout or video guy or something. I'm not even sure. I'm going to talk to him this week and uh, maybe get some more information because I'm, I'm I want to hear. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds exciting.
5: His his breakdowns are really good.
1: Like, yeah, yeah. Um so anyhow, check that out. So Beasles and LeBron. All right, let's look his most recent video. Oh, a year. Well, let's see, a year ago we got a million views on on Kobe's. Let's see, the most recent video. Let's look at that real quick. Let's you know. One harsh truth for every NBA team. Okay, that's a really good title and a good thumbnail. All right, I'm in. I'm in. I'm gonna have to check this out. So we, we, is he here?
0: Yeah, yeah. He's here. He's okay. in the audience.
1: Oh. Wait, what's his name on here? I
3: think he's not on anymore. I think he.
1: Oh, I see him. All right, let's invite.
3: Yeah, Let's invite head, yes.
1: Let's see if he'll come on. <laughs> Why not? Hey, this is fun, right? We'll just do some live live radio, um, and let's see if he comes on. But let me scroll down here. I just invited him, but whatever. The only problem is we're getting kind of toward the end of the show, but we'll see. But maybe he'll come on again later, and we'll chop it up with him because I've always wanted to hear everyone, else, all the other YouTubers' experiences on uh, on on YouTube and the NBA, but. Well, listen, guys. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's shy today, but I'm gonna check out his video. Maybe he'll come on. I'll be. Don't forget, I'm here every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, and then 9 a.m. on Sundays. A nice, nice, robust show today. This is great. I'm gonna post these as uh, as a um, podcast, which gets another like bunch of thousands of listens too. So you all be be heard there. Uh, cool stuff. Thank you guys for coming on the show. And if you're in here with me, you can let's do the sign off. What do you say? Uh, don't forget, sports fans at B-Ball Breakdown. Yeah. Uh, yes. Nick, oh, I okay. One, Go for it. You have a question?
0: I have a question. Uh, who do you think is gonna win today, Br- uh, the Nets or the Clippers? Nets or Clippers? Who do you think is gonna well, win?
1: Well, okay. Um, are they are they all gonna play today? Uh, uh,
0: KD. Oh, except for playing. KD.
1: So Harden, Kyrie versus uh, Kawhi and and um, PG. Where's where's the game? Is it here? Is it in LA? Um, I should. You know what? I should know yeah, this. Yeah, they are. They're the on west coast It's so early. Um, it's in LA. Uh, It's a trick question because there's no home court advantage anymore. (laughs) So it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, five o'clock Nets Clippers. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to go with, um, I'm gonna go with Clippers. Why not? It's really kind of a toss up for me. I'm not even sure I know exactly why, but, um, they played well the other night. So I'm going to go with them. Not scientific at all. Alrighty. Well, listen guys. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. And, um, don't forget, sports fans, At P-Ball Breakdown, we're on a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Hey, are you guys all in? Yeah. yeah, sir. yeah.
6: Yes,
0: sir. In. yes, sir. Yes,
1: sir.
6: i